what is going on guys welcome to another episode of the boom boom performance podcast today is not a Q&A usually Fridays are Q&A and I'm going to switch it up a little bit on you guys um, I got inspired today and I decided to change things up and not do the typical Q&A um, I didn't ask for any questions this week and the reason being is because um, you know what I just wanted to go on a rant <laughs> I wanted to do a specific topic and we're going to do a two-part series of this. So I'm going to do lists. So these are 10 ways lists, quote-unquote. Today's episode is going to be 10 ways to live a more successful life. The next one is going to be revolving coaching and stuff, but you'll have to wait and see when that one comes about. Um, but today we're going to talk about having a successful life in the top 10 ways I feel like people are going to become more successful at life. And when I say at life, I don't just mean business. I don't just mean the typical quote unquote success. When people think success, they usually think money. Um, typically when I think success, I think living life at a higher standard, uh, being happy on a day-to-day basis, having more clarity in your life, having more control in your life, having more power in your life, doing the shit that you actually want to do that actually makes you happy, spending it with the people that make you happy, and just doing the things that are going to promote better well-being, whether we're talking about emotional health, um, spiritual health, mental health, physical health, nutritional health, um, and then business wealth, obviously, too, because, I mean, money can't technically buy happiness, but money can buy a lot of things that are going to create happiness, and that's just the reality, you know what I mean? Like, we all want money. Um, It is what it is, and and you know what? More money, more success in that realm is actually more likely to create security in your life. It's going to create more time in your life. It's going to help you do the things that you want to do. It's going to help take you you and your family on vacations. So to ignore the money thing and say that money isn't happiness completely, I think is wrong. I think it's false. And I think we should cover that topic. So we're going to talk about that today as well. Um, before we get into the podcast, I do want to make another quick announcement real quick. Um, and that is something for you guys. So what we're going to do is a rate and review challenge. I've done this in the past and we've given away fat grips. Today, we're going to give away functional muscle or density. So either one of my training programs, they're both nine to 10 weeks long completely systemized, periodized. You get the Facebook group with it as well. We're going to give that away for free um, to two or three people. So that's right. We're going to give multiple away. And these are worth $70 on my website each. Um, they're worth well over that, but they're they're sold for $70 each. So if you guys want a chance to win this, all you got to do is leave me a five-star rating and review. In that review, make me smile, make me laugh, make me happy, make me want to give you this program because I want to get some reviews, guys. It does obviously help the podcast grow, but what I love most is hearing what you guys actually gain from this because when I hear that you guys are getting results, when I hear that this is helping you get through parts of your day, when I hear that this is your go-to podcast to listen to when you want to increase your knowledge or whatever it may be, it, it fires me up and it gives me more intellect and it gives me more information based on what I should be doing on this podcast for you guys because that's what I do. I create content based on what you guys truly need, what you guys truly want, and I want to do more of that. So what you can do to win either functional muscle or density, your choice of programs, you can leave a five-star rating and review. I am going to check these rating and reviews in 10 to 14 days. Usually it takes one to two weeks for iTunes to process. I know some people don't listen to this right when it comes out. So I'm going to give you guys 10 to 14 days um, and probably not next Friday but the following Wednesday since this is a Friday Q&A. I will announce the winner. We will shout you out on the show and we are going to email you about getting your programs for free. So leave a five-star rating and review. That's your chance. Now, without any further ado... Let's move on to the podcast about 10 ways to live a more successful life. All right, guys. So 
10 ways to live a more successful life. And as I was talking about before, these are going to be things that I believe are going to make you more successful in every area of your life. As most of you guys know, I love I love to look at life as a as a big building, right? And this building is held up by four pillars. And the pillars of power is what I call it, um, which I did not invent. I did not create. I am reinventing the wheel. I am curating from many other mentors and gurus and help coaches and, and self-development people. Everybody has this system. So I'm not going to act like I created this and I'm you know, a genius or anything. But I realized how powerful this was. I entered it into my life and it changed my life drastically. So when I think of success, I think of the pillars as a whole. So we're going to look at our body physically. We're going to look at our mindset, spirituality, emotional side, our, our personal well-being, um, and wake up where they call it being, just being, because I think it's everything, right? It's your mindset. It's your spirituality. It's your emotional side. It's, it's your intellectual side. It's everything about you personally, um, inner you, right? Uh, then we're going to look at relationships, and that is everything. Coworkers, friends, family, spouse, kids, everybody, every relationship that matters in your life, and then business. Career, success, finances, all that, investments, everything has to do with money because that's a big pillar. And if you look at our lives, um, in most cases, we, we tend to f- strive for things in these four areas. You know, when we're setting goals, we want to set goals to be a stronger individual. We want to set goals to have a better mindset. We want to set goals to overcome depression or anxiety. We want to eliminate stress. Um, then we set goals to be more ripped, to lose weight, to build muscle, to perform better, to do something physical, right? To get rid of an autoimmune disease, whatever it may be, health, right? Then we look at our relationships. We all want a successful relationship. We want a family. We want kids. We want better relationships with our parents, all that. Right? And then, of course, we all want to make more money. We want to save more money. We want to build a bigger business, so on and so forth. So we got to look at everything in these pillars. And when I talk about these 10 ways of, to live a more successful life, that's what I'm revolving this around. In the back of my mind, I'm constantly thinking about this. And I think this isn't one of the 10, but I think one of the most important things that you guys could take away from this and, and could be the number one priority is to living a more successful life is actually to incorporate these into your day-to-day routine, your month-to-month goals, your yearly goals, your life, period, to consider these things, to think of these things, to always have these four pillars in the back of your mind because and, and I'm speaking from experience, not only personally but with working with many people, when you put all your eggs in one basket, meaning if you go all in on your business, I promise you that your relationship might suffer, your your body might fall apart, your your personal well-being is going to be a little bit more stressed and taxed. You're just not going to be in as good of a place, period. Now, if you only focus, and I have personal experience from this as well when I did a physique show, if you, all you focus on is your body, everything is meal prep, everything is training, everything is cardio, nothing else matters, you shun yourself out so you can get this ripped physique, I can promise you your relationship is definitely going to go to shit. Your business is probably going to suffer. Your mindset is going to struggle. You might be motivated and inspired and fired up at the moment, but by the time you get to your end goal and it's time to move on, you're going to have a tough time shifting out of that. So no matter what the goal is, if you put all your eggs in one of these pillars, just one of these baskets, I promise you that you're going to see some failure in another area of your life. You're going to see some slow down, some de- decline, some downhill slope, um, you're going to have struggles. So it's very, very important to keep all of these areas in mind. Now, let's get on to the list of 10. So the 10 ways to live a more successful life. Number one, I actually took notes on this, guys. So this is the first time. This is probably one of the first times I've ever really written down bullets of what I wanted to talk about on a podcast. So 
number one is going to be have a morning ritual. And I know you guys know that I'm a, I'm somewhat ridiculous and anal and, and just obsessed with the whole morning routine thing. But number one, look at every successful entrepreneur. Look at every person that looks like they quote unquote have it all. Gary J. White, Tony Robbins, Rob Deerdeck, right? All these people, Keller Williams, all these people who write these books, who are very successful in their field, their industry, even in the fitness space, in my space. You know, Craig Valentine, he's the king of morning rituals, and he started in the fitness space. Bedros Koulian, I guarantee he probably has a morning routine, especially since Craig Valentine is his best friend. Jason Phillips, I know he has a morning routine because we text almost every day, keeping each other accountable of our morning routine. I have a morning routine, right? We all have these morning routines, and I think it's very, very important to, again, keep those four pillars of your life involved in your morning routine. And I've had a whole episode on morning routines. I have a video on morning routines. I'll link those in the show notes. But the key is to have some ritual. You have to have something you do in the morning that gets you started, that creates clarity, that creates power. And when I say power, I just mean control. Do not go into your day letting other people control the day. So rule number one of having a morning routine is that no notifications are checked before that morning routine is done. Like I know Craig Valentine has the rule of no emails before 10 a.m., which I think is great. But my whole thing is what if you wake up at 4 a.m.? What if you – you're done with your morning routine by eight. Like it should be customized to the individual because that's how all this stuff works. It's all individual. So what I suggest is that no matter how long your morning routine takes, all you need to do is make sure that nothing, no notification is checked before that is done. Not Instagram, not Facebook, not email, nothing. Even myself, I will post because I post in the morning every day on Instagram. I have that post already finished before this all happens. So when I go on Instagram, I click on Instagram. I don't even check my notifications. I upload the picture, copy and paste the caption in it, post it, and I X'd out. I don't stop to look who likes it. I don't stop to look who comments on it. Not until my morning routine is done. And at, at 7 a.m. when I'm posting, it's usually not done yet. Right? So there's multiple elements of my morning routine. Um, and my suggestion for most people with a morning routine, number one, cut out distractions. Just what I was talking about. No notifications, no nothing. Don't text people. Don't nothing. Keep yourself, just be to yourself, be in your own personal bubble, own personal mindset, focus on what you need to do to create that clarity. Number two, some form of meditation. You have to meditate in your morning routine. I don't care if it's a walking meditation, if it's a breathing meditation, if you're actually laying down listening to meditation tunes or guided meditation, it doesn't matter. I believe that everybody should do some form of like reflection meditation Personal space. You, to be successful and to understand what you truly want, to have true clarity in your life, you need to be alone at some time. You need to create headspace. You need to be comfortable with not being surrounded by people, not occupying yourself, not sedating yourself, and not being plugged in. Right. So for me, it's usually a walk. I go outside. I'm not texting. I'm not calling. I'm not doing anything. I'm walking. It's 5.30 in the morning by myself. It's cold. It's dark. It's, nobody's out there. It's perfect. That's my space. If I don't do that, I lay down and I actually meditate. But I think everybody should have some kind of meditation. I think everybody should have some type of journaling in their morning routine. That could be doing positive focus like I do. It could be a gratitude journal, which I also do. It could be self-affirmations, which I also do. Or it could be just reflecting, right? Write what's on your mind. Do a brain dump. Just write things out. Talk to yourself. 
I think journaling is very important, not only because it uses a certain part of your brain that people need to constantly develop to be more creative, to have better memory, to have better reflection. Um, you'll, but you'll get ideas, you'll have revelations, you'll get things out, and you won't feel bottled up. I think journaling is very, very important for morning routine. Um, movement is another piece of that. Movement and then health, which I just do a green drink. I think that's important. But if part of your morning routine is making a healthy breakfast, I think that's so key because if you can wake up, if you can move, if you can start your day with some kind of nutritious beverage, supplement, breakfast, anything, you are programming your brain that you are in a state of health. I promise you, you will be more consistent. I've never had a client start their morning with a, a walk and a green drink and not see better results. Not because they're burning more calories or that that green drink is special, but because they're, it's a placebo effect. They wake up and they program their brain to be more healthy. They literally start their day in a positive, healthy mind frame. That's the point of having greens and a walk in my morning routine. That's the point of having movement and health in your morning routine. So I think that's a very, very big piece of it. And the last piece of it is reading. I think reading is very powerful. Um, and you can look at this a couple ways. Uh, for me, it's studying. I, I tend to read. I just love, I love studying my craft, right? So I think that's very important. Um, but there's times in my life where I get a little burnt out from reading science and, and research studies and, and books on nutrition or training or periodization. So I will switch and I will do a fictional book. I will do a Gary Vee book. I will do something that is a little bit off the topic and, and gets my brain refreshed. But every morning I'm reading because whether I'm bettering my business or I'm reading an article on how to be a better dad or a better husband or whatever it may be, I am bettering myself. And the best way to better yourself and to grow and to learn how to be better is to learn from other people. And other people, guess what they do? They write fucking books. So we need to read them so we can get better. So I think it's very, very important to have reading in your morning routine. But I just went through this whole morning ritual. That's number one on the 10 ways to live a more successful life. The point of a morning ritual is to create power and clarity over your day. Now I start my day. I've meditated. I've drank a green drink. I've gone on a walk. I've, I've written in my journal. I know what I'm grateful for. I reflected on a situation, created a positive, and learned a lesson from it. I wrote self-affirmations, something that I want to be more confident in. I've studied my craft. I've done all of these things, and it's only 6.37 a.m. Now I can start my day in the most product, productive state possible, more, most efficient state possible because I'm clear. I know what I have to do. I know what I want in life. I know what I'm grateful for. I know what's important, and I have not let anybody else control my day. I've started my day in power. Now I have control to do what I want. So I think a morning ritual is, is, a, is a massive key to living a more successful life. Number two, make money from something you're actually passionate about. So this one, I don't want people listening to this to be like, well, fuck, I hate my job. Screw you, man. You love your job. Because there's times where my job is stressful, right? There's times where I get overwhelmed. I get, I get anxiety. I'm actually excited. I just interviewed uh, Joseph from Cured, the, the CEO of Cured Nutrition, to do CBD oil. Um, and then he just had me on his podcast, actually. So these, those will air in a couple weeks. But he sent me a care package. So I'm excited to get some CBD because I'm going to try that out because um, I get anxiety. Like it's, I mean, it is what it is. I, I've learned how to control that. But the truth is, is I get anxious about my business all the time. Um, there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot going on. Um, there's people I'm responsible for, not only my clients, but my employees. Now it's, there's a lot to, to process on a daily basis and it creates anxiety in myself. Um, so it's not that like your job, I'm not saying that your job will be fun every day and it, that's how it should be because there's always going to be stresses. But the truth is, is the, you will 
this sounds so harsh, but you will die sooner if you do what you hate for money for the rest of your life. I'm going to say that again. You will die early if you live your life doing something you hate because you are living in a stressful factor. You're living in a negative state. You are literally on a daily basis practicing something that you are not passionate about, you do not love, you do not have fun with, that stresses you out and creates a burden on your day. Like that is not a way to live. Now, I have had jobs that I hated. I have had jobs that sucked. <laughs> I worked at Rite Aid. I worked at a community center. I did maintenance stuff. I've, I've done a lot of things that I didn't enjoy necessarily, but I always knew what I was working towards. So if you're in a position that you don't like your job, but you know it's what you have to do right now to lead you to the place you want to be, more, more power to you. I 100% agree with that. There's, there's sacrifice involved in getting to where you want to be. But what I also think is that if you cannot find something that you can become passionate about, so whether you I, – I, I was passionate about training and then nutrition before I made money from it. So I turned my passion into a job. But you can also turn your job into a passion. So maybe you get hired by REI. And you're like, okay, this is a cool job. But then you learn more about REI and you learn more about what they do and how they test their clothes and how they go outdoors and how they sponsor people. And then you become – you kind of work your way up the company and you put yourself into a role that you become very passionate about because it's testing clothes and the outdoor blah, 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 whatever it may be. I don't know why that came into my mind. But the point is is you can create passion out of your job. But if you're sitting at a desk job that you hate that has no meaning – like I'm not going to tell you to leave your job because you need money, but I'm going to say like you should consider what else you could be doing to replace that income because I would, I would argue that making less money is worth the passion. Life's not guaranteed. So there's no reason to spend life doing shit you hate, period, end of story. And I'm so passionate about that, and that's how I've always been, and that's why I turned my passion into my job. It took me a long time. I've been doing this for seven years, and it's finally a successful business, you know. But there was never like, oh, finally, because I loved what I was doing. I was so passionate about it. I didn't care how quickly it would get to me. I just wanted to help people. So I think that if you can create, if you can, if you can look at your job right now, and maybe you don't like it, but you know that you can move up, you can tweak this, you can change your position, you can do stuff within that company to create it into something you're extremely passionate about. Stay there, do that. Become passionate about it. If you're at a job that there's no way in hell that you can become passionate about, I would say you should get a new job. I would say you should go find something that's going to that's gonna light your fire, that's going get to you, get you going, that's, that, that you can actually be passionate about. Because life is too fucking short to not do what you love to do, to not be happy, to not be positive, to not be passionate about what you're doing, period. End of story. That's all I got to say on that. <laughs> Make money from something you are actually passionate about. Your career, your finances, all that should be surrounded by something you're actually passionate about. Number three, train really, really hard once a week minimum. So what I don't want people to do is like, oh, Cody likes super high-intensity shit. You should just go balls to the wall all the time. That's not what I'm saying. You guys know I'm big on balancing parasympathetic and sympathetic, making sure that you're you're recovering. Like I'm big on recovery theory. Um, I have a lot of clients who I help balance the intensity versus the low intensity and make actually get them better results because your body's not going to burn fat, build muscle if you're in a constant stressful state of stress um, and under recovery. But anyway, that's besides the point. My point with training really, really hard once a week is you need to push yourself for the mental, the mental piece of it. 
right? Like that's what, that's why I did CrossFit is because I needed something to push me out of my comfort zone. That's why I did jujitsu. That's why I did boxing. And then I did Muay Thai and I was doing these things. So at least once or twice a week, I was going to a facility and I was pushing myself harder than I've ever had in my life. I was sweating. I was breathing. It was uncomfortable. I had somebody punching me in the face, but it, it, it made me into a different type of person. It literally – it flips a switch, especially as a man. Like there's – and I believe women should do this too. But as a man, I need that, that testosterone boost. I need that internal rage to be released. Everybody has a little bit of rage. Everybody has a little bit of anger. Everybody has some emotions that they are not letting out. And the second you get to punch somebody or punch a bag or even be explosive in the gym, like everybody needs to do that. Right? There's even some days where like once a week, like I'm doing a strictly bodybuilding program right now because I'm getting ready for a photo shoot. So the guy I'm working with has me doing a lot of high rep shit, which is fine. Like I haven't done strictly high rep stuff in a long time, so it's actually a good time to phase it in. But once a week, like there's a deadlift day, for example, and it's I want to say the lowest rep I get to is like six, but it starts really high rep. I don't I personally don't like Deadlifting high reps, I personally feel like you're going to get more benefit out of deadlifting heavy for low reps, and I think it's safer because um, going high repetition in that position just isn't the smartest thing, in my opinion, for most, but that's besides the point. Um, I, I change that every day, every week. I make it – I'm doing like three to five reps. I'm going heavy. I'm dropping the bar as hard as I can. I don't give a fuck. Like I just – I need to get that out. That's all it is, right, and that's the whole point. And I think everybody needs to do that. Maybe you go find a hill and you sprint up that shit as hard as you can. But you actually go as hard as you can. Right? Maybe you're doing barbell squats and you actually go as heavy as you fucking can. Like I want you – this sounds horrible. But I want you like demolishing your legs once a week. Right? Like I want you to go to a boxing gym. I want you to go to jujitsu and get grappled and get choked. I think – and it sounds batshit crazy and maybe maybe I am crazy. But I think a lot of successful people are. And I think that if you can turn – like. Click that switch to that fight mode, to that rage, to that all out. Prove to yourself how badass you really are. I think you will be more successful. You, there's, a, there's a type of confidence in a person. There's a type of certainty in a person. There's a type of way and energy in, in how people carry themselves when they do that. And I've watched guys do, go from not doing anything at all to just training like normal, to adding in one day of boxing or adding one day where they go really fucking hard in the gym, adding a day of sprints where they go all out, where they just push themselves past what they knew was possible. There's a different confidence. There's a different level of certainty, and there's a different level of self-belief. I promise you, and I will do that forever. And again, I balance everything so I'm not going balls to the wall all the time, but there's always a point where I'm going to push myself a little bit further than I'm comfortable doing because I think it has so much value Behind the mindset of how people are. Number four, eat to support humanly functions. Guys, eat like an adult. That's all I'm gonna say. Like, uh, eating all this candy, and if it fits your macros, it's cool, but let's be honest. 90% of the time, like, I just, like, you can't be successful in any area of your life if you're eating like shit all the time, because you're gonna feel like shit, period. It's as simple as that. We need to support our body in a better way, which means eating real food the majority of the time. And I can't really go – there's not much else I could say on this to be honest with you. I mean eat to support humanly, hum, humanly functions. You're a human being. Support that. Give yourself fuel that's going to energize you throughout the day, that's going to keep you focused at work, that's going to allow you to train harder, that's going to allow you to recover, that's going to allow you to sleep better, that you're not going to have cravings with. Like – 
there's a lot of fake foods out there that have been chemically processed in a facility. And to me, that is just – that alone makes me not want to eat that shit. But I do believe that you know, nutrition has a very, very big role in the way your mind works, um, the way your uh, digestion is, the way your confidence is, anxiety, stress, mood swings. A lot of things happen based on how your nutrition is. So I think it's very, very important for people to eat well. And, and if we just look at successful people, they all eat well. Most of them eat very well. They have a very, very well put together diet. And again, if we just even look at dopamine, serotonin levels, gut health, that influences your brain, we're looking at better cognition, we're looking at better efficiency, better productivity, better focus, and and happier moods. You are less likely to be depressed and anxious if you are eating to support your body the way it's meant to be. That's a guarantee. Number five, create space for yourself once a week. I think this is very, very underrated, um, and you need to do it. Um, I think everybody should create space once a week. I already talked about this in the morning routine where you have your meditation, you have your walk, you have your time alone every morning, which kind of clears your brain, puts clarity and power into your life. Uh, but I think it's very important once a week to do something a little bit out of the ordinary um, as far as creating space. And what I mean by that is like literally go on a hike alone, go on a walk alone, go to the beach alone, go play video games alone, go skateboard alone, go play soccer, go shoot hoops. Go do something by yourself. And I know it sounds weird to think about like doing by yourself and like why not do it with somebody else. But the truth is we need to be comfortable with ourselves alone. And it's time to reflect. A lot of ideas and a lot of thoughts and a lot of reflections and a lot of revelations and concepts and new feelings and all these things can be discovered within yourself if you spend time alone. And and it's usually done out and about. Like, so for me, that's why I like skateboarding. Um, Two sides of this, actually. Number one is what I just said, to reflect, to have ideas, to to get away, to have clarity. And number two is to actually distract yourself from every fucking thing that's going on in your life. Life is noisy. It's constantly going. You're constantly having notifications, constantly plugged into your your headphones, your phone, and everything. And that's great because you're listening to this podcast. I'm happy about that, right? It, it being plugged into an extent is beneficial for us because it is teaching us a lot as a society, right? And a lot of people have businesses based off that. I do. It's great. But at the same time, if you don't balance that by unplugging yourself every once in a while, you will go crazy. You will never be present and you will become addicted to these things. You will not even understand what it means or what it feels like to be present. And I've experienced that firsthand and it's tough. And it's tough to realize that you've fallen into that, especially if somebody tells you that. So it's important to force yourself into it, create space, and you'll begin to love it so much you don't have to force yourself. But I mean, for example, so tomorrow, um, or not tomorrow, today's Thursday, I'm recording this, Saturday, um, I'm, I'm going over the mountain to visit my uh, fiance's family. She's already gone. She just left. So she's over there visiting. I'm going to go visit. And by the time you guys listen to this tomorrow, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to hit the mountain first because they live up there. Um, I'm just going to go up there for the day and we're going to come home, but I'm going to go early as hell. I'm leaving at like, hopefully, if I can get my ass up on a Saturday, 5.30, 6 a.m., I'm going to try to get up, eat, and leave because I want to hit the mountain while the sun is rising. I'm going to have a cool drive, nobody out there, windows down, cold breeze, and I'm going to stop at, at the pass. We call it Snoqualmie Pass for those of you who don't live in Washington, and I'm going to go hike by myself, and that's going to be a major way for me to create space. Now, like I told my fiance. 
I will pick a safe trail that's not crazy. I'm not going to be rock climbing and shit. But the point is, guys, I'm going to be in the morning, cool breeze, in nature, by myself, just walking. What you'll find when you go out in nature, and this, I mean, I, mean, I sound like a fucking hippie, but when you go out in nature and you're by yourself, you, all you can hear is the trees blowing, the birds chirping, squirrels running around. Hopefully, there's no bears out there where I'm going. You can feel the, a different type of air. You feel a different type of energy. And when you're out there, you kind of realize what life is, man. Like we're we're a small, we're a small little pond in this huge fucking world, right? And and there's so much shit going on that we neglect. Go go spend a couple nights in Montana in the middle of the woods. You'll realize what we actually are and what life's really about, what nature is. Like there's nothing that's going to create more clarity and just space and just time to sit there, breathe, slow down, unplug, and think. There's no reception out there. And I think like – and you don't have to go to the extent to drive into a fucking mountain like I am. But you can go on the neighborhood trail. You can walk to the park. You can go I, – I do this all the time. I will go down to what's called Rustin Way and it's like this really nice waterfront in, in Tacoma. Put my phone in airplane mode and just sit on the rocks and look at the ocean and just do nothing. Just breathe. And if you can't be comfortable with sitting there doing nothing for longer than five minutes, something's going on in your brain that's not right. To me, that's anxiety. To me, that's stress. To me, that's overwhelm. That's overstimulation from the world, from everything going on. And I had this. This was, this was what made things click with me with creating space. I tried to create space, and I got more anxiety. I couldn't stop touching my, my pocket because I, I was looking for my phone, and my phone wasn't there. I kept thinking about who was texting me. I kept thinking about what my business was doing, were my clients okay. That's not a way to live. And I will firsthand tell you that I've became way more successful with my clients, with my business, made more money, became more happy, had more structure, had a better relationship. Everything in my life has developed since I realized this. I found this out years ago and when I really started diving into quote-unquote creating space and once a week taking time to myself to do something. Again, it's different all the time. Sometimes I'll go on a walk. Sometimes I go down to the water. Sometimes I will go jump on my skateboard. There's a park in the neighborhood that I can skateboard at. Um, sometimes, uh, it could be anything. Sometimes I'll skateboard with my brother. So even though I'm not by myself, we have headphones in, we're not talking, we're, we're skateboarding, right? So there's a lot of ways you can do this, but the key is that you're doing it. Create space for yourself somehow, guys, that you can step away from the phone. You can step away from reality and just breathe, unplug. I, I really, really do believe that everybody, and I know a lot of very successful people that, um, own multi-million dollar business. I don't know them personally, but I do. And I know million dollar business owners personally that do this as well. But I know a lot of business owners that will take a week and step away from everything, unplug from everything, take a weekend or Saturdays. They don't do shit. They just, they unplug, they don't text, they don't do nothing. And I think that's what crew, that allows them to balance their life. So when we see these people, even Gary V, look at his life, dude, his life is fucking crazy. But he'll say, and he actually just said it on the, the recent podcast he did with Drama on Short Story Long. He talks about it. Saturdays, Sundays, it's for his family. He unplugs. He doesn't film vlogs and stuff. His family's not in the vlogs. They don't do anything. He, he's, he's with them, right? Monday through Friday, his, his life is crazy. But there's a lot of people who unplug at night. They unplug on the weekends. They take a week off vacation every six months, whatever it may be. But everybody needs to learn how to unplug and create space for themselves. And when I say create space, it's the same thing as unplug. Um, I just believe that creating space means alone. Um, unplugging can be done with other people. But they're both very beneficial. And I think that is a, a, a definitely a way to create more success in your life. 
And by the way, these aren't in order, guys. That was number five. These are not in order by any means. I think all of these have different merit to each person, meaning a morning ritual was number one, but that might be something that's just kind of a little helpful for some people. Whereas for some people, that's the thing that makes it. make It's a make or break. You need to do that. Um, for some people, tra training really hard once a week is they don't get that that urge, that surge, that, that liveliness from it, but they do it. And then other people, that's like they have to do that once a week. So just know that I'm just listing these. Number six, spend more money on experiences and daily comfort and less on material goods. What I mean by this is, you know, at first I wrote travel outside the country once a year, but I understand that that's not always possible for people. And it wasn't always possible for me. Um, and we just started that ritual or routine or that, that goal like last year, I think. Um, I went to Mexico the year before. I've been to Canada the year before. So I was doing it on a very, very small scale. And then last year we booked a trip to Barbados. And that was kind of the thing. I was like, yo, I'm going to save money. We're going to do this every year. We're going to travel outside the country because I think – as an experience, that's really good. Now, we ended up having a baby, so we canceled our Barbados trip. We rescheduled it, so we're going this year in November um, to Barbados right before Christmas. Perfect time to go to a sunny island. But basically, what I believe the, the benefit of that is, and you can do this in the country too. Like I've traveled to Missouri, and I learned a lot. Go to different cultures. Go to different places. See how different people live, right? Going to New York was a crazy experience for me. Going to Missouri was a crazy experience for me. Right, go to Texas, go to California, go to Vegas, go to anywhere. I think everybody should experience traveling um, to different places. Now, out of the country, you're going to get a way better experience, in my opinion, because it's a completely different culture shock. And I think you can learn a lot from that. People are not living the same life we are living. There's so many people out there. There's so many places out there. There's so many things to see. There's so many ways of living life, of of eating, of training, of moving, of sleeping, of communicating, of dancing, of socializing everything. There's so many things in this world. And the only way we can really experience those is by spending more money on traveling and experiencing, whether you do a group on to go down the water and do some like river rafting or something, or you're camping or you are taking a trip out of the country. The point is I do believe people should spend more money on experiences, um, traveling out of the country, especially if you can, the material goods, right? Who cares about what sneakers you're wearing? Now I'm a sneakerhead. I have a lot of sneakers, but um, I'll tell you what, like in the last year, I've cut down the amount of money I've spent on – I used to be a watch guy. I had like a case, all these nice watches. I haven't bought a watch in so fucking long. I don't buy jewelry anymore. Like uh, to me, I don't care about that stuff. Um, and then the other part of it is daily comfort, right? I want to experience good things. And I want to be comfortable daily. I think it's funny that people buy like – the dopest suit or the craziest kicks or the new Jordans, yet they're not spending money on the most comfortable couch in the world that they sit on every damn day, right? Like that blows me away. So for me, I, I believe – and I know this is kind of an odd thing to throw in the into the 10 ways of being living a more successful life. But I truly believe that if you're sitting or if you're living your daily life with all these things around you that you have invested in that make you happier on a consistent basis, make you more comfortable on a consistent basis, they make your day better on a consistent basis, I think you will be more successful because you will be more positive. You will be more excited to come home. You will be happier with your family. And I think that's the truth, right? Like, so for me, the most important things I've spent money on as of late, my house, our furniture, our big ass TV, because we watch Netflix on it every damn day, HBO, I pay extra money for that so we can watch cool TV shows and movies. You know what I mean? Like, um, things for our kitchen, sounds so weird. My car. And I know that goes – that's that's one's on the border, right? So my thing with cars 
is it is a material item, but I'm not buying a car so you can see the emblem on, on my grill. I don't take pictures of it on purpose. I don't I don't flaunt it. I honestly I, I work from home. I barely even drive the fucking thing. Like literally it gets dust on it. But when I step inside of it, the way it makes me feel is the most important part about that car. The leather, the way that feels, my screen, the logo on my steering wheel, that makes me feel good. That's what a car is about. So it's less about the material goods and it's less and more about the feeling inside of a car. So I think I think the car kind of goes both ways. I don't think you should buy it just out of ego or anything like that. But shit, if a, if a nice car makes you feel accomplished, makes your energy change, makes your confidence change and you feel good sitting in that cockpit, I think it's a very good investment. I pay good money for my car on a monthly basis and I barely drive the fucking thing. But it's worth it. So – Going back to the whole point of this one is spending more money on experiences and daily comfort versus material items is really just a way of making you feel better from an energy, confidence, certainty, and just self-love perspective. What are the things in your day-to-day life that are going to make you happier? Right, Like my desk. This is, this is a good example. My desk. It's not like the most gadgety desk that's going to have like shelves and all these efficient things so I can actually put books in and stuff. But it's like this cool cedar wood that a, a great friend made for me like that's worth the investment because it's fucking cool and i see it every day and i love it that's an experience that's daily comfort right so i'm very very big on that your pillow your bed um your air conditioning whatever that's the kind of shit you should be spending money on instead of uh instead of material goods um because i do i just think that daily comfort is so important and again this is probably the weirdest one on here and and maybe i'm alone on this but i think that daily comfort is very very crucial to how you act respond react treat people your energy everything on a daily basis like if you're not comfortable in your home and the things that you have to make yourself comfortable i think something's wrong and experiences i think we can all agree on that if you're not if you're spending money on the coolest kicks instead of investing on a plane ticket to go visit your friends across country something's wrong man like you should be doing as many experiences as you can that's what life's about um yeah Number seven, build connections and relationships. This is the number one reason why I do the podcast. I mean, it's not the number one reason, but it's one of the biggest reasons. Um, I, do th- I do this podcast because I love learning from people. I would watch people speak. I would watch webinars. I would pay to go to seminars. And I wanted that in a free way for you guys to learn from. So that's the main reason why I do podcasting because you guys get to hear people talk with me. You get to hear me talk. You get to learn uh, for free. But – One of the other reasons I do podcasts is because I've built some great friends, some great connections, and great relationships through interviewing people on my podcast. I get to sit on one side of the screen and listen to an expert in another realm or the same realm in a different topic just go off on what he does best, his passion. And he gets to teach me. She gets to teach me, and I love that. So I'm very, very big on building connections, and I just think I think that in life the best way to learn is to build these connections. The best way to experience more, to, to see different possibilities, to see different outcomes, to see what is possible in this life is to make connections with people and see what they're doing. Not to mention – Like the saying, you are the five people you surround yourself with. If you're not surrounding yourself with better relationships, if you're not building connections, building relationships that are meaningful, have purpose behind them, and that motivate you to be a better person, then something's wrong with the relationships in your life, right? So I'm a big fan on building connections and relationships for the simple fact that it will, guaranteed, 
make you a better person, live a better life, and just treat people better. Like we should be surrounding ourselves with people that are good, that are more ambitious than us, that are smarter than us, that are that are more motivated than us, and it pushes us to be better human beings. Um, and then on top of that, like life is about having fun with people, man. Like I'm big on creating space and being alone, but like I said, that's once a week. I think having connections with people, having somebody you're excited to be with. Those things are so important. Um, having a relationship with your kids, having a relationship with your family. Like, I'm blessed that my brother's one of my best friends. My dad's one of my best friends. My mom's one of my best friends. You know, like, that is important. There's not a lot of families that can say that, you know. And, and I, I, I feel that we've all gone out of our way in our family to make sure that that bond stays tight. And I am so grateful for that. Right. Shannon is my best friend. My fiance is my best friend. I'm happy that I get to live with somebody like that. My daughter, I try to spend as much time as I can, even though I'm so busy when I'm with her, I'm, I'm trying to be present. I'm trying to build that connection at a young age, because when she gets older, I want her to look at me and her mom and think they are my best friends, too. So um, there's so many connections, so many relationships we can build. And this goes out of the spectrum of who you already know. And that's a big point of this. Build connections outside of your bubble right? The podcast is a great example. I reach out to somebody, Tori reaches out to somebody and says, Hey, Cody wants to do a podcast with you. I've never met this person in my life, but they seem like an interesting person from my perspective. They live a lifestyle I respect. They treat people in a way that I I appreciate and I respect, right? They know something that I want to learn. They act a certain way. Like these people are doing things right and I want to learn from them. I want to connect with them. I want to have a relationship with them. So we reach out to them and I get to sit down and build a relationship with somebody I've never met before and now we're friends. All right, the guy from Cured, the CBD company, CBD oil, Cured Nutrition. That's a great example. We connected, had him on my podcast. He had me on his. Both conversations went so well. We're, we're texting each other now. It's like my, one of my friends now. Dude is fucking awesome. But that would never happen if it wasn't for podcasting and if it wasn't for me stepping out of my way to, to create a relationship with somebody. My career is based off that. Somebody talked to me in the gym. That turned into my professor who turned into my, uh, my mentor who brought in somebody else that, that inspired me, Luca Hosevar. So I reached out to him, created a relationship with him. He taught me over years. During that time, I made relationships with a lot of people, Christian Thibodeau. Dr. John Russin, Jason Phillips, all these names that I always drop, Nate Green, Jason Frugia. I don't know. Like they're not my best friends, but I've met all these people. I've made these connections, and it's allowed me to learn from them, not to mention the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, like literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of clients that I've worked with over the years. Those are all relationships I've built. Those are all connections I've made, and I've learned from every single client I've had. And it's amazing to think about. Every single client I've ever had has had a different occupation, different background, different culture, different ethnicity, different hobbies, different experiences. They've traveled to different places. It's crazy. And, I, and I'm so fascinated. And I would say that I've learned so much and I've become such a people person by just trying to start conversations with people. So I can't, I can't push that one enough. Number seven, build connections and relationships. Number eight, have short, medium, and long-term goals. Always. So this one... I say short, medium, and long-term because I want to have a daily goal. Every night I sit down and I write out my list. What are my goals for tomorrow? What am I going to get done? Boom, 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 boom. Make a list. What am I going to get done this week? Every Sunday I make another list of bigger goals, bigger than the, the small goals. All those small goals lead up. Every those, those daily little goals lead up to my, my weekly three to four goals, let's just say. Now I have these weekly goals I'm going to hit. 
but I also have monthly goals. These weekly goals lead up to the monthly goals. If I do these four things this week, I'm going to be a little bit better and more closer to that monthly goal. And then next week, same thing. Next week, same thing. Next week, same thing. Now, boom, I hit that monthly goal. But if I hit this monthly goal, I'm going to hit this quarterly goal. The quarterly goal is the goal that I want to hit at the end of three months, right? That quarterly goal is going to match up with the other three quarters, which is going to lead to my yearly goal. And of course, I have a three and a five-year goal. Should I have a 10-year goal? Because we always have to be looking forward, guys. I want to know the direction I'm moving in. And if I don't know the big grandmaster plan, I won't have the fuel to do the daily work to get me there. But if all I have is that long grandmaster plan, shit, the tunnel's too long. The light at the end of the tunnel is so fucking far away, I can't even see it. But what I'm looking at is the light at the end of the tunnel at the end of the day. End of the week, then the end of the month, then the end of the quarter, and then, of course, end of the year, which leads to the five years. Right, So I think it's very, very important to reverse engineer your goals. So when I, even when I work with a mentor client, a lot of the times that first call, I'm like, okay, well, where do you want to be in five years? Cool. Okay. Mentors commit to 10 months with me minimum. So then I go, okay, so if we want to be there in five years, you probably want to be here in a year, correct? Yep. Okay, cool. How do we break that up? How do we reverse engineer that? What is going to be the main thing? Like if we had to outlay this out, what is the number one thing you need to do to get to that yearly goal that you are furthest away from right now? Okay, cool. We're going to hit that this quarter. That's our number one focus. One big goal this quarter. How do we break that up into three simple steps? Right? We need these three things lead to that. Well, if I set up this, if I do this, and if I accomplish this, I'll be there. Okay, cool. Over the next three months, each one of those three things is going to be a goal. So this month, boom, there's your one. How do we reverse engineer that? What do we need to get done each week? Okay, cool. What's your plan for tomorrow? You see how I did that? I just took a year long to tomorrow. But if I don't do that and I don't reverse engineer my goals, not only do I not have clarity on what I want, but I do not have a pathway to get to where I want. So I think that's very, very important. And like I said, guys, I have daily goals, weekly goals, monthly goals, quarterly goals, and yearly goals at all times, no matter what, right? So it's very, very important to think about these things. And I would just set them up, right? Objective-based goals, um, actionable-based goals, like set up things that you can accomplish every day, every week, every month, every year, every quarter. Number nine, um, have a mentor or coach. This one's big. Obviously, I'm biased because I am a coach, but I've always had a mentor in my life, always. And the reason I've always had a mentor in my life is because I don't know it all, right? There's always something more I can learn. Um, There's always something I can get better at. There's always something I can take away from somebody else's situation, somebody else's failures, somebody else's successes, and I can replicate it in my own way. You know, me and Joseph uh, from Cured were talking about this on his podcast. He was kind of like, how, do you, how did you stay so confident in making content when you were starting out? And how did it lead to your success? And I told him, like, I understood that I'm not reinventing the wheel here. Everybody has already done this shit. I'm not trying to claim that I created this. But what I do know is that people will hire me or read my content because they relate to me. Because they like me as a person. They like who I am. That's why they will learn from me. So... If we can constantly strive for that and we can constantly strive to learn from other people, we will get better and better and better. Nobody, everybody has already done what we want to do. 
So it's about finding somebody who has done it and essentially replicating what they've done in your own way. Because people will hire you instead of them because they relate to you and not them. So I think that's like one of the biggest reasons to have a mentor or coach um, is to just make sure that you are learning from somebody who has been there, done that, and is going to show you how they did that, show you why they failed, show you why they succeeded, and then give you reflection and insights and ideas because a lot of times, you know, there's a lot of things that I can accomplish and this has happened. There's a lot of things that I could accomplish that either A, I've thought about and disregarded because I just doubted myself, or B, I just haven't even comprehended that would be a possibility for me. And Jason, as my mentor, has been like, dude, you should do this. And I'm either like, oh my God, that's a fucking great idea. Or I'm like, man, I thought about that, but, and he's like, no, buts, dude, you would crush that. And it gives me the confidence. But the point is, is somebody I look up to is telling me, you can do this. Same thing with my mentor clients. All of them are doing more shit than they ever thought was imaginable or that they were taking action on because they were just selling themselves short. A mentor is somebody who's going to not sell you short and who's going to show you that you're worth way fucking more than you give yourself permission. So just from that alone, a mentor or a coach is so necessary. They give you the confidence to do things. They give you insights on things that you couldn't even imagine yourself doing. They teach you what they have already done so you can do it better and not fail like they did. And most importantly, they hold you accountable. If we don't have accountability, what the fuck are we doing? You can have the smartest program in the world. You can have the best strategy in the world. But if you're not held accountable, you're not going to be consistent with it. And that's in every realm of life. Consistency is the key to success no matter what. So it's very, very important. I I can't stress enough having a coach or a mentor. No matter what, if you're just trying to have a body transformation, hire a coach. Let them help you. A real coach has been through the same position. I was fat. I've been there. I was shredded. And then I gained weight again. I've been there too. I've had to reverse diet. I've been there. I've done low, fa- uh, low, low carb. I've done high carb. I've done intermittent fasting. I've done paleo. I've done fish miracles. I've done everything. I've tried everything. I've been there. I've done that. I've succeeded. I've failed. And I've helped others do the same. Succeeded, not failed. <laughs> so I will help you, right? Like that's the key of a coach. And it goes for business. It goes for life. It goes for relationships. Number 10 is the most important one. I, say, I know I said there wasn't ranking, but this is the most important one because all of this stuff I'm talking about will not do shit, will not matter at all if you do not invest your energy in this if you do not truthfully try this and that's simply pushing into resistance if you do not regularly push into resistance you're not going to succeed in anything resistance is uncomfortable that's all it is anytime you get an excuse anytime you tell yourself that you can't do it you shouldn't do it they might judge you you'll probably fail Anything. It's all resistance. Anytime that your your mind is trying to tell you not to do something that you truly want to achieve, that's resistance stepping in. Resistance is eating the pizza instead of the salad. Resistance is skipping the gym and staying on the couch. Resistance is not starting your weight loss journey because it'll be hard. Resistance is not starting your own business because you have more security at your day job. Resistance is not asking out that girl because you're nervous she might say no. Like overcoming resistance, pushing into resistance, fighting resistance, walking into it, that is the key to success. That is the key to accomplishing every other one through nine, everything I talked about. Because having a morning ritual, number one, you won't do that if you can't push into resistance. Because guess what? You're going to wake up. You're going to hit snooze. You're going to be tired as fuck. You're not going to want to get up and go on a walk and take a cold shower and drink a green drink and read and better yourself. Resistance is going to tell you to sleep in that bed a little bit longer. 
But if you push into resistance, you will get up. You will do those things, and you will be more successful in your day because of it. And it's a domino effect. Resistance would tell you to stay at your J job because you got security. Pushing into resistance would be finding your passion and going all in on it so you can make more money from what you love to do. Resistance would be taking it easy at the gym and not pushing yourself. Pushing into resistance, overcoming it, would be training really fucking hard once a week to push yourself out of discomfort and change your confidence, your certainty, your energy, your mental clarity, your mental power, your rage, releasing it. Resistance would be eating like shit fast food because it's convenient. Pushing into resistance is eating to support your real body. It's cooking the food, eating the real food, getting wholesome nutrients in your body. Creating space. That's tough with resistance because you don't want to go be alone. It's uncomfortable. Everything I talked about today, building connections, having goals, all this shit, it's all going to get fought back with resistance. And if you can overcome resistance, if you can push into resistance, if you can fight resistance, I promise you, you will accomplish more. You will achieve more. That is the answer. Every big success I've ever had in my life, every big achievement has all started with pushing through resistance and doing something I'm uncomfortable with, investing in something that scared me every single time. And I say that with unbelievable certainty because I know it's true because there's always that voice in my head that says I should take it easy. And instead, I move forward, I invest, and I do the work I know I need to do, and that's what breeds success. So the last one is the most important one. You have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. You have to understand that you have to push into resistance. And and part of that is recognizing when resistance comes. So get used to seeing when resistance happens. Read The Big Leap. It'll help you with self-sabotage. Learning to recognize, like, oh, shit, I'm making excuses again. Oh, shit, I'm trying to avoid something. Oh, shit, I'm, I'm going the comfortable route. Oh, shit, I'm not taking up the opportunity. Recognize that is the step one. That's step one. Recognizing it is the key. Once you recognize it, then you can act on it. Because once you see what it is, you know the other answer is right. You know that like, oh, shit, I'm doing this again. But that's resistance. So what do I need to do? I need to avoid that. I need to push into it. I need to do the uncomfortable thing. And if you can start to push into resistance in your life, I promise you, All this stuff I talked about will be 10 times more successful for you. All right, guys, that is a wrap. I hope you enjoyed the show today. A couple quick announcements before I let you go. First and foremost, I just want to encourage you to check out the products I have in the description. First one is the Nutrition Hierarchy. This is a very cheap guide to literally mastering your diet. That's why it's called the All-Inclusive Guide to mastering your diet. It's going to teach you exactly what and how to manage your calories, your macros, your meal timing, your supplements, your micronutrients, literally everything you need to know about dieting and nutrition and how to change your body composition through nutrition is included in this book, not just to get your results, but to actually teach you how to get those results along the way. The next thing is going to be functional muscle, which is my first and right now my biggest product out there. This is the program that is based on years and years and years of functional training with tons of clients. So whether your goal is strength, fat loss, or muscle gain, you should be strength training towards these goals while prioritizing functional movement patterns to make sure that you are avoiding any injuries along the way. 
that's exactly what this program does and it's great because it guides you through the process, it changes throughout the process and it gives you demonstrations and explanations about everything you're doing so you never get confused and you always have a solution. You also get access into the Boom Boom Performance Podcast Forum and that is the only way into the forum and that's where you can ask me literally anything about anything and I will help guide you through the process. Last thing I want to mention, guys, is if you could leave me a five-star rating and review, that would be fantastic because it literally is one of the biggest and best ways for me to grow in the iTunes charts. Oh, yeah, and real quick, if you're not subscribed, hit the damn subscribe button because I constantly bust out content for you guys, and I spend a lot of time and effort making sure that you guys can get better results for free by simply listening to this podcast. All right, guys, I'll catch you next time.